Welcome to Current Radio's Politics Station. Please enjoy today's selection of political news. Well, Abby, it seems like we're shifting our focus to Europe now, specifically Dublin. The city has recently been shaken by some of the worst violence and rioting it has seen in decades. Indeed, Michael. It's alarming to hear about city buses and police vehicles set ablaze, storefronts damaged, and all this chaos attributed to a lunatic hooligan faction driven by far-right ideology. Yes, and it all started with a knife attack, which eventually led to protests that spiraled out of control. It's a grim picture, with the cost of the damage potentially running into tens of millions of dollars. And the response has been just as intense. Ireland's largest ever deployment of riot police, borrowed water cannons from Northern Ireland, and a shift from light-touch police tactics to a more forceful approach. The far-right groups behind this violence have been identified as an emerging threat, even termed as an attack on Ireland's democracy. It's a worrying trend we've been seeing across Europe, isn't it? Yes, it's unsettling. This wave of far-right ideology isn't isolated to Ireland. We've seen its impact in Germany, France, Italy, Spain, and just recently, the Netherlands. It's a complicated period for the European continent, especially with the challenges of international migration. But it's worth noting that in Ireland, there aren't any far-right populist parties with an anti-immigration platform. That's true, Michael. And the political response to the rioting has been quite unified. Prime Minister Leo Varadkar has called for updated powers to address online activity that incites violence. Yes, and he's not alone. There's been a call for unity among the country's political parties, with the Justice Minister urging those seeking to sow division to desist. However, there's also been some controversy, with Sinn Féin demanding the resignation of both the police chief and the Justice Minister. It's a tense situation, no doubt but it's also a reminder of the importance of protecting inclusive and tolerant societies, which are often the target of such far-right ideologies. Absolutely, Abby. It's a stark reminder of the challenges we face in preserving democracy and maintaining civil discourse in the face of divisive ideologies. From the turbulent streets of Dublin to the equally dynamic political corridors of Israel, our focus now shifts to the Middle East. As we grapple with the rise of far-right ideologies in Europe, it's interesting to see how right-wing politics is playing out in Israel. A recent survey suggests a significant shift in the political landscape, with a theoretical right-wing liberal party potentially securing a significant number of mandates. Let's delve deeper into this intriguing development. Let's dive into the political scene in Israel, Abby. A recent survey suggests a theoretical right-wing liberal party led by former Prime Minister Naftali Bennett and Yoaz Hendel could secure 18 mandates. What's your take? Well, Michael, it's quite a shakeup, isn't it? This hypothetical party could even determine who will head the next government. But there's more to the story. If Bennett and Hendel run independently, they could secure even more mandates. That's right. Bennett could clinch 16 mandates and Hendel could secure seven. That's 23 mandates in total, five more than if they ran together. But here's an interesting twist. If they both remain outside the existing political landscape, Benny Gantz's party, National Unity, could receive a whopping 43 mandates. Talk about a resurgence. Absolutely. It could be a total game changer. And if Bennett and Hendel do decide to forge ahead with their own political entity, the political map would see a significant redistribution of mandates. 
right? The National Unity Party could secure 31 mandates. The Bennett-Hendel Party could claim 18. And even the Likud Party under Netanyahu might see a decline to 16 mandates. And let's not forget other parties like Yeshatid, Shas, Yisrael Beitenu, United Torah Judaism, Otzma Yehudit, Meretz, Hadash Ta'al, and Ra'am. They're all predicted to secure between 5 to 11 mandates each. When we look at the broader political blocks, the coalition could secure 37 mandates, while the opposition could hold 55 mandates. Arab parties could secure a total of 10 mandates, and the Bennett-Hendel party, if it materializes, is projected to win 18 mandates. This is a fascinating scenario, to say the least. It's a testament to the dynamic and fluid nature of politics, especially in a vibrant democracy like Israel. It's a reminder that the political landscape is never set in stone, and the power to shape it lies in the hands of the voters. From the shifting sands of Israeli politics, we now turn our attention to the frosty political landscape of Canada. A new controversy is brewing there, pitting the prime minister against the conservative party over an international issue. Let's delve into this heated debate and its implications for global politics. Today, we're discussing a rather contentious issue, Abby. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau of Canada has accused the country's conservative party of abandoning Ukraine due to the influence of American-style MAGA politics. That's right, Michael. Trudeau's comments come in response to the Conservative Party's opposition to the updated Canada-Ukraine Free Trade Agreement. And the reason for the Conservative Party's opposition, as stated by its leader, Pierre Poilievre, is that the agreement would supposedly force Ukraine to implement a carbon tax. But Trudeau and others have said that's not the case. Exactly, Michael. Trudeau has called the party's excuse for rejecting the agreement absurd. He suggested that the real issue is that the Canadian Conservatives are being influenced by right-wing American MAGA thinking, which is causing them to turn their backs on Ukraine at a crucial time. And Trudeau has pointed out that this kind of thinking is not just a Canadian phenomenon. He's noted that there's a similar push to withdraw support for Ukraine among Trump conservatives in the U.S. and in certain corners of Europe. Right. Trudeau has gone so far as to say that this is based on Russian disinformation and propaganda. He's clearly very concerned about the direction that the Conservative Party of Canada is taking under the influence of MAGA politics. And it's not just Trudeau who's concerned. The Ukrainian-Canadian Congress has expressed its disappointment that the official opposition voted against the trade agreement. It's interesting to see how international politics are playing out in these trade agreements and how the influence of American politics is being felt in Canada. Abby, do you think this is a trend we'll continue to see? It's hard to say, Michael. But what is clear is that the decisions being made by political leaders have far-reaching implications. And in this case, those implications could be felt by the people of Ukraine. From the international political sphere, we now turn our attention to the United States, where politics certainly doesn't take a holiday. Specifically, we're diving into the Lone Star State, where the political landscape is as dynamic and unpredictable as ever. Stay with us as we unpack the latest developments in Texas politics. So, Abby, it seems like Texas politics didn't take a Thanksgiving break. Governor Abbott was quite busy, wasn't he? Indeed, Michael. Between endorsing former President Trump and supporting state lawmakers who back his school choice idea, Governor Abbott had a full plate. 
but it's not all smooth sailing, especially with the school choice proposal struggling to clear the state house. That's right. And it seems like Attorney General Ken Paxton is also having his fair share of battles. Now he's facing a whistleblower lawsuit. Abby, do you think this could impact his political future? It's hard to say, Michael. But what's clear is that Paxton's legal troubles are not going away anytime soon. He's been trying to avoid the witness chair, but it seems like he might not be able to dodge it for much longer. Switching gears a bit, let's talk about Governor Abbott's endorsement of Trump. It's a move that's been seen as an attempt to mend fences with his hard-right base. Abby, do you think this strategy will pay off? Well, Michael, Trump does have strong polling numbers in Texas, but it's also worth noting that other GOP contenders like Haley and DeSantis could be gaining ground. The political landscape is always shifting. And And speaking of shifts, there's the matter of the school choice proposal. Despite Governor Abbott's support, it seems like it's facing serious opposition. Do you think there's a chance for a compromise? It's a tough call, Michael. The Republicans haven't been able to overcome the Democratic talking point of it being welfare for the rich. And without any clear benefits for the rural areas, the proposal might just stall out. But who knows? In politics, anything can happen. Absolutely, Abby. And speaking of politics, let's not forget about the upcoming presidential debate at Texas State. It's still early, but the polls are hinting at a Biden-Trump rematch. Do you think we might see any surprises? Well, Michael, as the saying goes, polls don't vote, voters do. There's a long road ahead to the nomination, and a lot can change. We might just see a dark horse candidate rise to the top. But for now, it's all just speculation. Speculation, indeed. But that's what makes politics so fascinating, isn't it? Couldn't agree more, Michael. 